0: Premature births lead to adult diseases such as hypertension, obstructive lung disease, or osteoporosis, osteopenia. And what should doctors do? I'm Donna McCauley, Associate Editor of CMAJ, and today I'm speaking with two of the authors of a review article published in CMAJ. We have Dr. Tumai Lu, Clinician Scientist at St. Justine Hospital and Assistant Professor in the Department of Pediatrics at the University of Montreal. And also with us is Dr. Amanique Nui, Professor in the Department of Paediatrics at the University of Montreal and Chief of Neonatology at St. Justine Hospital. In the review article, Drs. Lou and Nui and their co-authors look at the evidence linking preterm birth and adult chronic diseases. Dr. Lou and Dr. Nui, good afternoon. Hi,
1: good afternoon.
0: So first of all, let's talk a little bit about what led you to do this review, a little bit about the background and the Barker hypothesis, the sort of questions you asked yourselves in this particular review.
1: So this is Sui Mai Lu speaking. So first of all, there's an increasing number of publications regarding long-term health outcomes following preterm birth. And we know that preterm children represent about 8% of the population now, and they're increasing survival. So there's an increasing number of these survivals who will become young adults. And One important concept to uh, understand is when the child is born preterm, during the last uh, trimester of gestation, his or her organs are still immature and quite vulnerable to the environment, such as uh, infections, relative hyperoxia, or malnutrition. So when they face these stressors, two things can happen. First, we can see an arrest in organ development, such as seen in the premature lungs, where, for example, we'll see uh, that the alveoli never fully develop. Or the other example can be at the level of the blood vessels, which are less dense and smaller. The second thing that can happen, and that goes with the Barker hypothesis, the organs will undergo changes, maybe through epigenetic mechanisms that still need to be elucidated, to adapt to the environment. And this is for survival reasons. So this adaptation is normal at the time of birth. But then over the long term, these changes may not be optimal for um, a healthy phenotype. So the questions we were asking so so far the studies have been published on single organs but what we wanted to know was what's happening over the long term for the human being as a whole. So that's why we thought it was important to summarize current knowledge and maybe provide some insights into what physicians could do in their clinical practice. And we also wanted to raise awareness about the patient we care for that That transit from the pediatric world to the adult world.
0: One of the features that I find difficult was differentiating between premature birth and intrauterine growth restriction. How can we differentiate between the two?
2: So this is Dr. Nui. Yes, indeed. It's a key question here. The WHO definition of low birth weight is less than 2.5 kilos, as you all know. And uh, in this low birth weight group, we will obviously find uh, infants who are born term or close to term with intrauterine growth restriction, but we will also find preterm infants who might have intrauterine growth restriction or who may very simply be appropriately grown, but of low birth weight because being born premature. Whether they're appropriately grown for their gestational age or not, Prematurely born infants have uh, their organs that are not fully developed, as my colleague Dr. Liu was uh, explaining a minute ago. This can result in impaired organogenesis and later perhaps malfunction resulting from this or abnormal adaptation to the uh, extra environment that came much too soon.
0: You looked at a number of different areas. I I was interested, the first two areas you talked about were pulmonary and cardiovascular health later in life. Perhaps you could just give us an overview of your findings about how being born premature can affect pulmonary and cardiovascular health.
1: So overall, what we see at the pulmonary levels are mostly symptoms of significant airway obstruction that are similar to but not exactly like asthma and COPD. And at the cardiovascular level, this is Anne-Monique Nui, we see changes at the level of the small
2: vessels. Uh, the large vessels uh, are probably stiffer, and also at the level of the heart, which has a recent publication showed it had a different uh, shape, a little shorter and a little thicker as pertain to the left ventricle. But importantly, what all studies have reported is that there is a significantly higher blood pressure, and some rarer studies are uh, showing also increased incidence of formally diagnosed hypertension, because we are dealing here with a population of still relatively young adults, because we are studying uh, survivors of extreme preterm birth, and uh, by definition, they are not in their 60s yet. The first generation is probably between 30 and 40. So we are probably not yet facing the, uh, the majority of the cardiovascular consequences these individuals might have. But to already have a significantly increased uh, numbers of blood pressure is, I think, very clinically relevant and deserve our attention.
0: Speaking of blood pressure, you mentioned women who were born very premature and then they go on to become pregnant. They, they have risks themselves, I believe.
2: Yes, indeed. So that was uh, one of the ways we found to try to have a better idea on whether prematurely born individuals and uh, subjects could have higher incidence of metabolic syndrome-related um, diseases, such as hypertension and diabetes. As I just said, we have a relatively young population, and we also know that pregnancy is an open window to a woman's future cardiovascular and metabolic health. So we therefore logically asked the question, well, are these women born prematurely now having pregnancies? Are they at high risk of preeclampsia, gestational hypertension, and diabetes, gestational diabetes? And indeed, we saw a really significant uh, association between being born preterm, even with normal weight for gestation. So just being born preterm was a there was a significantly higher incidence of preeclampsia, gestational hypertension, and gestational diabetes in those who were born uh, preterm. And the lower the gestation at birth of the future mother, the higher the risk of having pregnancy complication. Uh, nearly twice as much for the most premature ones. In the less than um, thirty-two weeks of gestation. They have a nearly twofold fold increase risk of complications. Um, so 20% of the population we had studied uh, had at least one complication at least once um, during the, a pregnancy.
0: Goodness, that's a considerable risk. One area we, we didn't discuss is the issue of pig bone mass, osteoporosis, and osteopenia. Perhaps you would address that a little bit for us.
1: This is uh, Dr. Liu speaking. So in terms of bone mass, what we know is the third trimester of gestation is crucial for bone mineral accretion of calcium and phosphate. But in the neonatal intensive care unit, what happened is the preterm infant is quite limited in terms of his or her intake of minerals and proteins due to illness. And the other thing is he's exposed to calcium-wasting agent and doesn't move so much in his cribs. So we used to think that they were able to catch up uh, with bone densely. But what we see now um, are some studies that have reported presence of osteopenia as early as in young adults who are about in their 20s. We do not know yet if uh, this will translate into higher risk of fracture later in life because they're still too young, but it's sure something we should keep in mind and continue to study and to look for.
2: But at this stage, this is Dr. Nui, the uh, bone mass issue is an important issue for researchers to look at, but we are not yet at the level of being able to make uh, clinical recommendations regarding particular surveillance of bone mass or recommended intake of calcium and vitamin d for example we are not there yet
0: we mentioned that this population that we've been following through these cohorts are relatively young and that perhaps it will be later in life when we begin to identify greater problems you do mention a link between metabolic syndrome and preterm birth and that also manifests in, in middle age perhaps you'd mention a little bit about metabolic syndrome
1: So far, what we've seen is uh, that young adults born preterm have a greater risk of certain components of their metabolic syndrome. So they have higher blood pressure, decreased incidence uh, sensitivity, and also higher LDL. But what we don't find is abdominal uh, obesity. It's not something we observe among young adults born preterm. In terms of diabetes, we do not see it yet, but it's very possible that our patients are still too young for us to see an increased prevalence of diabetes. And also in terms of the metabolic syndrome, what we believe, but it needs to be further investigated, is that maybe preterm adults, even if they have normal BMI, actually have abnormal distribution of the fat, and maybe they have also decreased lean body mass, which could contribute to their higher risk of the metabolic syndrome and later on diabetes. But these are uh, hypotheses and studies clearly demonstrating
2: this uh, different body mass distribution. The studies are not out yet. I think the um, first message we would like our colleague taking care of older patients, as we are both pediatricians, is in their history uh, not to forget to ask their patients about birth weight and maybe ideally gestational age. The second uh, thing that would be important to look for are chronic respiratory problems. That's probably the most frequent symptoms uh, these patients have. Then I think their blood pressure needs to be followed. For young women, I think it's very important that a special awareness be present when their pregnancies are followed. And um, also, if there's any other risk factors for type 2 diabetes or any type of insulin resistance, that would also be something that could be followed. However, in the current state of knowledge, it doesn't allow us to recommend systemic glucose tolerance test or diagnosis testing of insulin resistance in uh, young adults otherwise healthy. Nevertheless, if this could be kept in mind of the treating physicians, I think we would be serving this population a little better. So lung problems, pregnancy follow-up, blood pressure, and perhaps as well insulin resistance. One very important element that I would like to add here for our uh, colleagues taking care of these uh, young adults is that healthy health habits um, are probably extremely important. And one would easily imagine that smoking in these patients who probably have still abnormal lungs following their preterm birth is really, really not a good idea.
0: You mentioned earlier that about 8% of births are preterm. And then you mentioned a number of areas that physicians should follow up. This seems a really major challenge. How do you think that can be done?
1: First thing is really raise awareness what i see with family physicians who rotate through their pediatric rotation they don't even think sometimes to ask about neonatal history if the child is past eight years old it's such an important piece of information to get i think we should also raise awareness the patients themselves to actually tell their physician that they were born preterm so this is the first step really raise awareness now we are too early in this area of research to make clear recommendations about which frequency you should do pulmonary function testing, for example, or how often should you screen for glucose intolerance. However, one of the things that can be done is look at the accumulation of risk factors. And if, for example, a, a young adult happens to be um overweight, and have preterm birth, maybe it might be a good idea to check for the metabolic syndrome earlier than later. Same thing, if you have a young adult with respiratory symptoms, maybe this is the first signs of COPD, and maybe we should do formal testing to look into that. So it's really to look not just at one organ system, but really at the human being as a whole. This is Dr. Nui. I would like to add also that
2: many of these uh, abnormal long-term outcomes are inversely proportional to gestational age. So I think it's also to take into consideration how premature the subject was. So we know that the most premature ones are the ones who will have the most symptoms uh, later in life. And when we say the most premature, that's probably below 32 weeks. And some people would even say below 30 weeks. Nevertheless, I must add that in our study of pregnancy complications in women born preterm, we did see a small but significant increased incidence of preeclampsia and gestational hypertension and gestational diabetes, even in the women born between 32 and 36 weeks. But this increase was relatively small. So if we could just focus on the less than 32 weeks, that would be already a nice step. And these do not represent 10% of the population. They probably represent closer to one5 to 2% of the population.
0: So I'm just wondering how um, a family physician later in life may be able to identify this if a patient was born prematurely.
1: By asking the question,
2: gestational age is indeed not something we transmit in families. We totally agree. But birth weight, especially if it was quite small, is something. And after all, the importance is that the health is being well taken care of. So whether this birth weight was low because the adult was born preterm or whether it was born uh, significantly intrauterine growth restricted, in fact, the same follow-up applies. Maybe except for the lungs were going to be mostly affected in the preterms and less so in the intrauterine growth restricted children and adults. So I think our colleague physician taking care of these uh, young adults should uh, take the habit to ask about birth weight, because often gestational age won't be known. But birth weight is an an important element to know that we're not used to take enough in our histories. And we know that low birth weight, whether it's associated with intrauterine growth restriction or preterm birth, we lead uh, later in life to increased risk of hypertension and pregnancy complications and especially for the preterm ones, uh, chronic, long, uh, respiratory problems.
0: Thank you very much. I've been speaking to Dr. Tumai Lu and Dr. Amonik Nui. To read the review article in full, they co-authored, visit cmaj.ca.